performing on Shelter Island this week. Very interesting. <laughs> a lot of musicians. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it was a lot of fun. I see Betty Jo Tucker from Movie Attic Headquarters is already on the switchboard there. Movie Attic Headquarters every Tuesday at 4 p.m. on Blog Talk Radio. This week, Hollywood or Bust. Check it out. Also, follow her blog. Oh, um, uh, oh what's in the news? I don't know what's in the news. Anyway, the weather is nice, finally. I guess we're officially summer. And uh, I don't know what the, today's theme is going to be. Uh, what is this? Uh, uh, my friend down under, uh, Anarchy. Let's see. Tell your wife. Here we go.
when Judy Garland first came to New York to be open up her really theatrically historic first engagement at the Palace Theater, she said she just wouldn't come to New York without a certain young comic. She wanted him on the bill. His name was Alan King. As you already recall, from the time he opened the Palace Theater, he became the rage of New York. Now he actually commutes to England because he's the number one comedy star in England. So let's have a wonderful welcome for Alan King. Thank you very much. Seems a little chilly for July 5th. I don't know. But uh, uh, I am very happy to be here tonight. Uh, Of course, Ed has been so kind to mention uh, my commuting to England. I just had a great thrill. I was on the command performance for Her Majesty the Queen of England. I hope you don't mind if I spend a few minutes discussing this because with my background, you know, I'm not too familiar with royalty usually, you know. I once got drunk with Count Basie in Cincinnati. (laughs) uh, We were up in Glasgow, Scotland for the command. It was a great occasion. We were all standing backstage after the performance and the Lord Mayor of Glasgow just walked around with the Queen, you know, he was so excited. I wasn't because I was drunk, you know. (laughs) That's where they make the stuff, you know, up there. It's beautiful. It comes out of the tap. I was standing there, and of course, very nervous, and Lord Mayor said, Your Majesty, may I present Mr. King from America? And she said, How do you do, Mr. King? And I said, How do you do, Mrs. Queen? (laughs) I don't think I'll ever go back. (laughs) No, but she was a very charming lady. Of course, my wife was there with me, but she didn't meet the Queen. Of course, that was when I was there. Now, to hear the story, you think that she doesn't make a move without my wife, you know. Because women lie a lot, you know. No, I mean this. You know, I've been married 12 years. And I found out that when a man becomes successful, in any degree, it's the woman that changes. Now, I come from the Lower East Side of New York. I never met a comedian that didn't come from the Lower East Side. I know a very talented comedian from Cincinnati moved to the Lower East Side of New York. And uh, actually, I lived so far downtown, 14th Street was like Connecticut to me, you know. And, uh, <laughs> yes, I met my wife there. We come from the same neighborhood. In fact, my family had more money than my wife's family. And we were on relief. You can imagine what a thrilling <laughs> uh, Of course, to look at my wife today, you'd never dream she came from so humble a beginning. <laughs> you know, think she came from a plantation in Virginia somewhere. And that's one of the reasons she's not too happy with me, because I'm the only one left that remembers where she came from. (laughs) Anytime she opens up a big mouth, I remind her where she came from. (laughs) I like to think back the old days when we were so happy, so much in love. We were married two years. My wife told me I was to become a father. This is a big moment in your life. I like the way the women tell you important things. They don't discuss it over the dinner table or during the evening. They wait till you sound asleep. Have you ever noticed that? It aggravates them that you're sleeping. Now, my wife stays up all night because she hasn't got no place to go in the morning, you know. She watches the late show, the late, late show. She salutes the flag, sings the star spangled banner. She waits waits for the thought for the day. You know, you can lead a horse to water, but remember what a wet horse smells like and all that. Now, 
I was asleep, as I said, and my wife walks in. Now, when the woman walks in, you're asleep. They do little things to find out if you're really asleep, you know. Like, all oh, the lights go on, they slam the door, the shoes go down. And then the cough. You ever hear a polite cough? <laughs> and she says, you up? Well, even if you're dead, you react a little. <laughs> then they get alongside of you and they stop at the elbows. You ever get the harpoon in the ribs in the middle of the night? Alan, if you're not doing anything, it's five o'clock in the morning. I'm always busy at this hour. I play polo every morning at five o'clock. What do you want? She says, I, she says, I have a strange desire for some exotic food. She said, run down to the All My Delicatessen and get me a corned beef sandwich with some chocolate sprinkles, some whipped cream, piece of watermelon, and a sour pickle. Sleepy as I was, I realized that this was it, you know. I had seen enough movies to know that this is the way it is. You ever notice when a woman is expecting how she really takes charge of your life, the first thing, of course, the neighborhood wasn't good enough anymore. She said, I don't want my children growing up in this neighborhood. I can't afford where I'm living now. What do you want from me? The kid comes, you don't like the neighborhood, let him move. I'm saying, I am. buy a house. Now, you know, I've been making fun of the suburbs for many years, and this is actually the way I moved out there. She said, let's buy a house. Everybody's doing it. You remember. Ten years ago, the exodus from the city to the suburbs, someone cut a ribbon, they fired a pistol, and the land grants were out. <laughs> Onward to the suburbs, these gallant pioneers with the covered wagons and the mink stoles hanging out the back. You know, yeah. <laughs> Everybody out there. I bought a house for $48,000. It was listed to sell for twelve five. <laughs> I wanted extras, you know, little things like I needed windows. I wanted a floor in one room. <laughs> own your own home. Save your money all your life so you become your own janitor. <laughs> That's all it is. The only time my wife talks to me is, Alan, take out the garbage. <laughs> I say we didn't eat. Where's the garbage coming from? stand and see me sit still for five minutes. She collects the garbage from the neighbors just so I can miss out. <laughs> Suburbs, what a ridiculous place to live. Nobody talks to anybody. It's a competition thing out there. You know. I've got one neighbor I haven't seen in four years. He's hiding because he knows I want him to go partners on the hedges. <laughs> That's the big thing, you know, the lawns. Did you ever see Sunday in the suburbs? You see how ridiculous the men look? They work hard six days a week. Come Sunday, they're on all fours like dogs crawling around. They all have the same outfit, you know. Bermuda shorts, sneakers, bony knees. And they all have the shirt with the alligator on it, like a bag. They're all sick. How would you like to come home from a drunk on Saturday night and Sunday morning at quarter to seven, the neighbors are out. <laughs> She's standing up. 
front of the house, Alan? <laughs> Lorna's dying. <laughs> I didn't even know I was sick. What do you want me to do? <laughs> I've got a gardener. Oh, he's brilliant. Brilliant. He's telling me I have sour soil. <laughs> I told my wife not to marry me. It's hereditary. <laughs> oh, that sour soil before me. What do you do about it? Gardner says we use Kentucky bluegrass. That's the finest grass seed in the world. But they don't tell you it only grows in Kentucky. <laughs> I had to buy a racehorse for $3,700. Let him walk around the grounds every day. <laughs> you think the gardens are the only thing to worry about? What about the decorators? Aren't they beautiful? My wife just found two beautiful decorators. Well, a set of bookends like this you never saw. <laughs> they come to the house once a week. They fly around the room. <laughs> they're always wearing sandals. Could be snow on the ground. They wear sandals. And they're always coming back from Italy. They never go. They're always coming back. <laughs> they keep saying, in this corner, we'll put some ivy. You know about ivy. If you have a piece of furniture that has a hole in it, immediately becomes a planter. You know, the ivy, we got it coming out of faucets, keyholes, cracks in the wall. Did you see the new thing where they open up the drawer and the ivy hangs out of the drawer? And my socks and underwear are laying on the floor, but the ivy's coming out of the drawer. <coughs> my wife keeps telling me the reason we live out there is for the children. Better schools, which is, of course, ridiculous. We live directly across the street from a public school, and my boy can't attend. We don't live in the zone. <laughs> they got kids from out of state going to the school, but we don't live in the zone. They tell me the zone line runs right through my house. According to them, if my kid slept in the garage, he could go to this school. <laughs> I'll tell you the truth, I could go on like this for hours, but I'll be honest with you, the only reason is I don't have a finish to this thing. <laughs> I'd like to finish it by selling my house. <laughs> been a delightful audience, ladies and gentlemen, and a happy July 4th weekend, and good night. That's it. Meryl Streep is from the future. She has traveled back in time. She comes from a land where stars shine brighter, like Meryl shines in yours and mine. Back, back in, in the, the future, future where Meryl's from, from she's, she's just an acting average show. But now that Meryl's here, there are no acting heights to which she can't go. Oh, Meryl Streep, you are a goddess of emotion. But in the future where you're from, you're just like everybody else. So you turn back time to be among us ordinary people. Oh, Meryl Streep, we love you because you shine, shine, shine. Back in the future when Meryl was in high school When she couldn't get into her drama club She flew to the physics lab with fervor And snapped upon her rubber gloves Using, Using lots, lots of scientific, scientific physics, magic, magic Meryl grasped the hands, hands of time And she fell into the wormhole And now she's doing fine Oh, Meryl Streep, you are a goddess of emotion but in the future, where you're from, you're just like everybody else. So you turn back time to be among us ordinary mortals. Oh, Meryl Streep, we love you because.
Lord, you shine, shine, shine. Everybody, listen up. Listen up. Remember to give Meryl all of the awards, the accreditations, the roles, the paycheck. Accreditation! Because if she is in the slightest bit displeased, she will once again rip back the fabric of space and time, time to the very time. beginnings of humanity when we climbed out of the primordial ooze. And she will nearly dip in one big fucking toe. Big toe! Making us all a little bit marrow. And then she will become supreme overlord of us all! Yeah! Oh, marrow Ate my last piece of cake? <laughs> 
It's hard work. It's hard work. I've been married a very long time. And now the secret to being married a very long time is you've got to have date nights. you got to have date nights. Twice a week you go out, you have good food, good company, good wine. I go Tuesdays, he goes Thursdays. <laughs> My husband's always on this kind of a, a fad diet. Always on a fad diet. He's always doing whatever the latest one. He does the rose nuts. I call it the nuts diet because it's like the rose diet. Oh, nuts. And uh, then he got one. Well, now it's uh, coconuts and bananas. That's all he's going to eat. Me. I'm just eating coconuts and bananas. He hasn't lost any weight, but boy, can he climb a tree. <laughs> I tried to put him on Weight Watchers, but I got tired of him asking, what's the point? I <laughs> know, I know who did it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a tough thing there. And if you go on with that, but it's fun. It's fun being married. I'm kind of tired of this here. Um, okay, yeah, uh, you know what, good news, good news, they just released A Cure for Insomnia, Lincoln on DVD. Now, I don't understand why uh, he got the award because uh, the, the best, no, did anyone ever see Lincoln to say, that was Lincoln, no, the real Lincoln, if you really saw Lincoln, you might be a friar. Did you just call the real Lincoln? <laughs> relationship, the marriage relationship that he had with his wife in there, and I thought it was so cute because it was like, gee, Mary, what's going on? Why, why is everybody, there's a war? Shut up, Mary, you're crazy. Gee, Mary, well, why is everybody wearing blue and gray? Don't we have any other colors? What? Oh, shut up, Mary, you're crazy. What are we doing tonight, Mary? What? No, it wouldn't kill me to go to the theater. <laughs> Yeah, then uh, also Lemiz, true to its name, I came out more miserable than I went in. And, uh, if the movie is too long and it sounds like the same song, then no doubt you're trapped here watching us, Lemiz. I had a dream the film would end, but it went on and on forever. Thank you. me to see these Spanish horror films, made even more horrific by the fact I didn't speak Spanish, but I always knew who the villain in the film was because she was always that skinny little woman, all dressed in black. Her hair, always in a bun. She'd always be standing at the top of a tall, winding staircase. In her hand, she'd be holding a mysterious box. At the bottom of the staircase would always be a beautiful young woman who'd say, Hola. <laughs> and the woman at the top of the stairs would go, Oh, it's the Aki. She'd open the box. Inside of the man's head. Ayudame. Ayudame. The head would fall, the box bounced down the stairs. Boom, 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 her feet. She'd go, Aah! And the top would go, Ha, 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 ha. And that was every film I saw over and over again. <laughs> wasn't easy for me growing up Puerto Rican and Italian in New York City. Never knowing, thank you, <laughs> never knowing at any given moment when I would have to chase myself out of my own neighborhood. Puerto Rico, then hurricane, sugar cane, and don't go brand on explain. 
to the Daryl Coke Barge Everything, now it's called Cajun. But <laughs> 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 like all moms from all cultures, she had her mom wisdoms that she liked to impart. These cliches are glitches, as she called them. Mira, Nancy, listen to these glitches. It's going to save your life. The cork doesn't fall far from the bottle. <laughs> you got to take that beans with the honey. Every clown has a silver lining. <laughs> what? What? You can that's why I went into comedy because of that. Now, uh, I, I, I do have a child and, um, you know, I, I want to be absolutely honest with him. I'll never forget the day my little boy went to me. Mommy, where do babies come from? And I was going to be so absolutely honest, so I turned and looked into his innocent little eyes and said, Well, honey, in your case, babies come from absolute vodka. <laughs> Okay, big kiss. Bye-bye.